Blog Talk Radio. This is the Naked Talk with Alex Okoji. It's all about straight talk with some of the biggest global icons, leaders, entertainers, motivational speakers, authors, life coaches, relationship experts, social advocates, and extraordinary friends as they strip themselves, their experiences, and share their unfiltered thoughts about life issues. I believe in stripping the lies and empowering the mind through the freedom of expression. I'm unapologetic about being open, so I motivate my guests to tell it like it is and help my listeners build a presence of mind while finding their voice. So it's all about the best and authentic conversations with real people about real life experiences. So let's keep it. Unfiltered, unscripted, uncensored, and uncut. You're welcome to today's episode. And yes, my name is Alex Okurji, and I am broadcasting live all the way from Lagos, Nigeria, in the hat of Africa. Yay! So, hey, what's up, people? How are you doing? Well, welcome to the hub for real, authentic conversations that will empower you and, of course, transform you to live your authentic best. And yes, we do not apologize. for thinking what we're thinking and saying what we're saying, because yes, uh, expression is a sign of strength and not weakness. So, how have you been doing, guys? Um, how have you been living? Are you living naked and authentic? Well, it's been a pretty amazing week so far for me, and I'm very excited about a number of things. And just before we, you know, get into today, well, we're definitely going to be discussing how to survive and thrive in challenging situations with my very special guest, Ed. Well, just before I give it away a little bit, uh, 
today, uh, you know, it's it, today's a pretty good day, and I'm very, very excited to have my guest join me. I've been looking forward to this show uh, for so long, and so, yes, I'm very excited, and I know lots of people are excited because I've been getting lots of feedback, um, you know, and emails from people who've been looking forward to the show. So, yes, guys, this is The Naked Talk, and wherever you're listening from around the world, you're welcome to join us in today's conversation. Now, guys, just before we get into today's conversation, last week, on the Naked Talk, um, I think on Talk Wednesday, we had a very, very special guest, um, you know, uh, Laurie Ann Davis. Yes, she's the host of uh, Real Talk with Laurie Davis, and she was here, uh, and we had such a great conversation. Yes, I mean, she's a, a relationship specialist with over 20, 28 years experience, and she's also the author of the book Unmasking Secrets to Unstoppable Relationships. And yes, we discussed how to keep, how to find, sorry, how to find, renew, and keep love. And it was a pretty interesting conversation and very illuminating because uh, Laurie Ann had so many. Uh, so much wisdom, really, to share with us on the show. And, of course, on Friday Radio Special, it was, you know, totally different energy. Um, I had uh, Nicole Delacroix. Uh, yeah, I got my French correctly. <laughs> yes, Nicole Delacroix was here with us uh, on Friday Radio Special. And, yes, she's an author, um, an intimacy artist, and a humanist. And it was great for us to discover sexual secrets using social media. And it was a pretty interesting conversation because we talked about her new book, um, sexual confessional, uh, sorry, yes, confessional, and it was just amazing to, you know, get to hear all their amazing secrets that were shared, um, to, you know, shared with her in her book, you know, over social media, and how she got over 500 people to respond to her, you know, sex day, really, um, and it was pretty interesting, and Nicole, you know how she is, uh, very, <laughs> probably one of the wittiest, sarcastic Pretty funny. I was giggling. It was all giggles and laughs um, through that conversation, and it was nice to have both Laurie and live all the way from North Carolina, and of course Nicole um, Delacroix all the way from um, Atlanta, Georgia. So it was a pretty amazing conversation. And you know how it is. Um, if you ever miss any of the live shows, uh, don't forget you can always catch our archived shows. Exactly. You can always come back here to the radio channel um, and listen to any of our shows. Or you can, you know, just listen um, at any of our syndicated radio networks on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. That's right. We're syndicating all over your internet radio platform. So, yes, you have no excuse whatsoever to miss any of the shows. So, yes, if you miss them live, you can always catch them there. And, you know, let us know what you think. Don't forget to share like, and of course, leave a review, leave a comment, let me know what you think, and, you know, without saying much, uh, thank you so much to all the amazing TalkBucks who send me emails, you guys are, like, totally, you're, like, the wettest, <laughs> you're so awesome, um, you send me lots of emails with uh, contributions, thoughts, and great, amazing feedback, and I'm very, very excited, I try to reply to you guys, um, but I can't reply every message. So, but I do want you to know that I get them, I appreciate them, and I love you. And yes, I do have special giveaways for you guys here on the show today. So hey, hang around with us, and don't forget to join today's conversation. Now, um, yeah, you know, if you want to maybe perhaps sponsor an episode or a few of the entire season of the Naked Talk with Alex Accurity, don't forget that you can send us emails. Yes, so send an email to the Naked Talk at Gmail, and, uh, you know, let us know what you want, and, of course, we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. Or you can become a VIP patron 
Yes, you can become uh, our VIP patron on Patreon. Just go to my official website at www.alexokorji.me and click on Patreon and find out what it takes to become our special VIP patron um, and all the great rewards we have for you. Now, guys, uh, well, just before we talk about the show, today's episode of The Naked Talk is brought to you by our very special friends at Zeno Online Store. And, of course, Zeno Online Store is all about the finest homemade products, made, homemade Nigerian products, sorry, homemade Nigerian products made right here in Nigeria. And you can find them at zeno.com.ng. And Zeno is Z-I-N-O.com.ng. And, of course, our friends at Evolution Magazine. Now, Evolution is all about bringing to you the hair side of life and, of course, giving your hair voice. And you can find them at www.hevolutionmagazine.com. And, of course, our friends at Zincher Naturals. Now, Zincher Naturals are all about the finest quality handmade beauty products made from the finest natural and, yes, finest natural uh, fruits and organic oils with lots of love right here in Africa. And, of course, they're giving great, amazing giveaways. So if you're one of my you know, five colors. Maybe you will get uh, a Moringa handmade beauty soap or a chocolate bar handmade beauty soap or a carrot handmade beauty soap. So don't forget to hang out with us. And, yes, the conversation um, is interactive, so feel free. Um, and, of course, you might be winning a giveaway. And let's not forget our friends at uh, the Innocent Convict. Yes, I have to, you know, give a quick shout out to our friends um, at the Reporters, the Reporters Inc. And of course, Osir Sagie, the director of the Innocent Convict, and Max Saxemayer, Max Saxemayer, who's doing a very great, awesome job um, trying to tell the story um, of those who are wrongly convicted around the world. And it's amazing what they're doing with their upcoming documentary, The Innocent Convict. So, yes. Uh, today's show is also being supported by the Innocent Convict and to all those amazing people who are raising their voices for those who are wrongly convicted for crimes they didn't commit. So, yes, guys, well, it's you know, a pretty special day. And, yes, I do have giveaways also from the guys at the Emotional Masterclass. Yes, we've got great access. I think I got access cards for five people. But, you know, we'll talk about that later on the show. Don't go anywhere. Stick around with us and... Um, I can't wait to have a great conversation with my guest for today. Now, today on TNT 055, um, ever been stuck in challenging situations with no idea how to get out of the rut? Well, today's guest is no stranger to death-defying adventures and has been featured on opera, Forbes, and was even named Bachelor of the Month and uh, Man of the Year by Cosmopolitan Magazine. Now, in his riveting memoir, Inside Passage, he shares a first-hand account of how much a person can change and grow and how he decided to leave his comfortable middle-class lifestyle behind, leaving everything to go live alone in the wilderness. Now, a decision that connected him to a new kind of people, a new set of skills, and helped, you know, push him beyond his comfort zone to survive the harsh realities and find love. But you know what, guys? I'm not going to give too much of this away. I'm very excited to be joining my very special guest live all the way from the U.S. (laughs) Yes, and he is an American adventurer, a naturalist, 
travel journalist, and of course, an amazing author. It is nice to have Michael Mozaleski right here with me. Hi, Michael. Alex, how are you? I'm fine, Michael. Hi. Thank you so much. Welcome. I am honored to be with the I'm honored to be with the lady and the legend. <laughs> oh my god, Michael. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited and I have been looking forward to you know, today's show with you really. I have been counting the hours no, I started counting the months and then the days and then the week, you know, and then the hours. And so it's great to have you joining us live all the way from the US here in Nigeria. But you know what, Michael? I have like a little tradition. I always like to know what the weather is like where you are, Uh, you know, just for the sake of my listeners so we can travel (laughs) right with you. So what is the weather like where you are right now? Where I am right now, I'm looking at palm trees. It's um, 78 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm actually um, in South Florida, and I'm staring at Mm -hmm. the ocean right now. And a couple dolphins just came by. This is so beautiful here. Oh my gosh! And you know, I by the way, I love Africa. I love Africa. Oh, you do? I climbed, yeah. Uh, Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. I lead safaris in Tanzania. I haven't been to Nigeria, but I've been to Ghana, Togo, and Benin wow. in West Africa. But Nigeria is next oh. on my list. You should come to Nigeria, and you came very close because you've been to Benin and you've been to Togo. That's like pretty close, right? So, um, yeah, we would Nigeria love to have you come Togo, to Nigeria. Right? Uh, I must come. Yes, I mean Nigeria is close to Benin and then Togo. Yes, just right after Benin and Togo. So you're pretty close, and I'm sure we'll be very. I would love to have you come to Nigeria, and please, when you do, make sure to let me know so I can take you out for a drink, right? And you know what I'm learning. Some of the most beautiful women in the world come from Nigeria, and when I saw your picture, there was further proof. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, Mike. Oh, my God. You know what, Mike? I know I'm going to have a great conversation. I can tell already. When I stop giggling, it's pretty much like a good thing, and I can tell that you have your way, you know, you have your way with words. Now, um, Michael, I know that um, people have, you know, a lot of people have – you know, um, experience um, you, in a sense, from watching you on television, um, from having you share your thoughts in your books, right, and from you speaking at several events and all of that. Now, people do have um, an idea or a perception of who they think, you know, Michael Mozaleski really is. But um, how, you know, for the sake of those listening from around the world and especially here in Nigeria and in Africa, who may not have come across you or your work, how would you describe yourself? Who would you say Michael really is? I'm someone who's here to grow my soul, maximize potential, mm-hmm. take what it means mm-hmm. to be a human being, to be out of limits. And when I'm an old man sitting in a rocking chair, I want to look back over my life, and I don't want to have one regret. I want to (laughs) blast off into the next world like an astronaut with a smile on my face because I want to feel that I've tried to go everywhere and learn everything. You know, I hate to sleep at night because one-third of our life we spend with our eyes closed sleeping, and it's necessary. 
you know, to reboot the hard drive and, you know, heal our bodies and all of that. But all of those hours, you could be learning something. And, like, I have to learn something new every 15 minutes or I get restless, you know. It's like I want to beat yesterday. Every day is a fresh gift, and I want to just do so much more and better than I did the day before. And you know what, Michael, this just, it totally resonates, you know, what you just said right now totally resonates with me because I'm also like that. You know, I want to learn so much more. I'm trying to grow and do everything. I And you know what, I kind of sleep like maybe three, four hours a day because I'm just constantly working around the clock. So um, I got used to it, though, but, I, I you know, I'm kind of like, searching for so much, you know, for more knowledge. And I remember, you know, having this conversation with a friend of mine a few days ago. He was saying, you know, I'm a connoisseur for knowledge. I'm just seeking that and I want to learn that. And it's so, you know, it, you know how it is having so many beams surrounded by people who are just, you know, um, preoccupied with meaningless things and things that, you know, really have no um, value to add to the life that we're already leading. So it's amazing to know that you are you already working um Leaving the kind of lifestyle that you want, really, um, so that you don't, you know, like you said, you have no regrets. But let me ask you this: um, What exactly? And let let's go back a little bit. Now, I know that you become really famous for um, taking adventure and taking risk and just uh, doing the things that regular people <laughs> would never consider. Um, but what exactly was it that made you, you know, take such a bold step? to leave civilization and, you know, go out to experience the wildlife, really? Well, you know, it's often been said that the happiest adults are doing for a living mm-hmm. what they did playfully as a child. And there's a great American mm. film director and an actor named Warren Beatty, and probably his most famous movie was Bonnie and Clyde. And, of course, he played the role of Clyde mm-hmm. Barker. And he once said that... Mm-hmm and this is, I'm quoting Warren Beatty, he said, I knew I was becoming successful when I couldn't separate work from play. Mm -hmm. So for me, Mm -hmm. it all started when I was a little boy with the help of my mother. Mm -hmm. My mother read me to sleep every single night with all these great classic books, Grimm's Fairy Tales, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, you know, all the magic tales in uh, Jack London, The Call of the Wild. And she said that when my Mm -hmm. eyes were closed, and I was probably six or seven years old in an industrial city, Cleveland, Ohio, here in the U.S., and she said when my eyes were closed and my chest was moving up and down, in other words, when I was asleep, she kept reading. And I'm really convinced that our subconscious is like a pilot light Mm -hmm. in an oven. It never goes out. And it's been proven if you want to learn a foreign language, let the tape recorder run all night because I think even though we're asleep, there's a part of us like that pilot light in the oven that's always on. And I absorb this sense of story, the love of language that my mother put into my ear as a boy. And that's really when I became a writer at that, at that young age because of my mom putting these great words and these great stories into my soul and my heart. Wow, wow. Uh, you know, that, that's really great to know. I mean, you know what, Mike? I do have a friend of yours is right here in the chat room, and um, 
know, he's you know, he's just he's here to support you and he's been leaving messages for you just so to let you know. Um so he says, Hi there, it's Mike's friend, Mike, holy moly, Albert chiming in to say hello and show support. He's an amazing person and even more an amazing friend. So uh um, to let you know that you have um, <laughs> people that, that, um, that, is, that is so nice. Listening. That is so okay. nice. And, you know, just before, just before we get on to, you know, the conversation, hey, guys, I can see people dialed into the show. Don't forget that you can be part of this conversation. If you have a question to ask Mike or myself or you have a contribution to make, don't forget that you can be part of this conversation. And, of course, the number to call in is plus one. 215-383-3766. If you're calling outside the U.S., make sure to dial plus one, 215-383-3766. If you're calling within the U.S., dial at the local number. So call 215-383-3766. And don't forget to use your hand raising effect. Please press one so we know that you're not just listening, but you actually want to speak and we'll get you to join the conversation. Now, Mike, um, you know, now let you know, talking about, I did ask just before when um, I went on that little mini um, talk. Now, I know that you took a break. <laughs> Let me call it a break, if that's what it is. It's not a break because you have the habit of doing this, but you did go out to the wilderness, right? And you spent quite some time outside um, major civilization. Now, I know that you shared with us how your mom helped you or, you know, just the words that she, the things that she was sharing with you and how you began your love for writing. But what exactly was it really that made you decide you wanted to, you know, just step out and experience the wildlife, really? Um, and what is it like, you know, that, you know, in the Alaskan wilderness? Because I know a little bit about Alaska, but I don't know so much about So for the sake of those who are listening, what did it feel like really living out there, away from the comforts, you know, the comforts of life, really? Well, and, you know, it's, it's very difficult. How do you get from Cleveland, Ohio, an industrial city, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. that far away in the world? And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I really believe, Alex, that when you follow your bliss, when you're on fire mm-hmm. with passion and purpose, when you're radiating mm-hmm. that energy, and to me that's what charisma is all about, that's what love is all about, that's what the world operates on. It's positive energy. Mm-hmm. It's that love energy. And when you're in that space, when you're just on fire with what you love to do, you jump out of bed in the morning, then people have no choice but to get the closed doors out of your way. And when I was in Cleveland, Ohio, my father was a very famous football player in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's that confusion between football, soccer. We call it soccer in the U.S. It should really be called, you know, football. (laughs) But it's the crazy game, you know, the Super Bowl was just a couple of weeks ago. and But, of course, you know, mm-hmm. soccer is the world's game. And, you know, that's the most popular game around the world because everybody plays it. All you need is a ball and, a, and the net. But, anyway, my dad was this famous <laughs> NFL football player. And he never said to his children, his sons, that we had to be him, that we had to follow in his footsteps. Mm-hmm. He said, whatever you do in life, I don't care what it is, just be the best. And my dad, and again, it goes back to that childhood. We're so impressionable as a child. You know, a parent's mm-hmm. indifference 
can crush you. A bad word sticks with you the rest of your life. But I was so fortunate because my dad, such a positive force, and he would come home and he'd say the only four-letter word I don't want to hear from you kids is can't. You can do anything in life if you just put your mind to it and work hard enough. So I wanted to please my dad by being him, even though he didn't necessarily want me to be. So I went away to a, on a football scholarship to college, and I went to the same school that he went to, that he was an All-American, very successful. And it just, the violence of the game wasn't for me. And the writer and the poetic side was kind of rebelling. And an older male, a mentor, a friend said, you know what, you should drop out of school. You should buy yourself a Eurail pass, and you should go to Europe for about two months and mm-hmm. just travel around. And Alex, I did that. <clears throat> and my dad, of course, didn't speak to me because he said, how could you give up <laughs> a free education? I don't care if you play football or, or not, but just play enough to keep your scholarship. My God, they're paying for everything and and I quit, and to get enough money to go to Europe, I loaded trucks during the graveyard shift from midnight to 6 a.m. with drug addicts and alcoholics in this big warehouse, wow. saving enough money to get to Europe. And I love all people. We're all the same. I don't care, you know, what strata of life we're in. And the measure mm-hmm. of a man is how we treat people we don't need, you know, that can't help us. Because, you know, we're all equal. I don't care skin color. Racism to me is the most ridiculous thing on earth, you know. So I learned so many lessons loading those trucks with with all these guys who were down on their luck. I went to Europe, and I learned that the artist, the writer, is given as much respect in Europe as the athlete Mm -hmm. and the businessman is in the United States. In the turning point, I was in Paris, France. And I was in the left bank of the cafe. And every every day I would scribble in my journal. And, you know, I was living on about 10 bucks a day, sleeping in hostels, buying one loaf of bread, you know, and saving my money to go into the great museums. And I was seeing streets named after writers. And it just was such a different culture. So I'm scribbling in this journal and a French couple sitting across from me. And they invited me in broken English to come and join them for a drink. And I just looked at him and I said, oh, I would love to, but just let me finish this paragraph. And I mean, I wasn't a writer. I was just this punk kid scribbling, you know. But when I said the word writer, they looked at me with such awe and reverence. Like, wow. So I found my calling, and it was Europe that really showed me that you can get respect, that there is admiration for the arts, for writing, for great stories. And that sort of set me on my way. I met a woman. Um, I graduated from another college that had the best journalism school in the world. I figured I'd learn the rules and then I would break them later. And then a woman came into my life, and I really (laughs) believe there are people on earth, I call them angels on earth. They might not have wings on their back, but they come into your life and they introduce you to maybe a spouse. They put you on your life path. And I literally bumped into this woman's back. If I had been 18 inches to the left or two feet to the right, I never would have met my future. But I bumped into Genevieve. She introduced me to the man that owned a wilderness island in the inside passage to Alaska. 
and he invited me mm-hmm. to come and stay on his island. But if I hadn't have bumped into that back that day, if I had been standing, like I say, a few feet either side, I never would have met my life. Mm. Wow. Wow, totally, totally amazing story. Um, you know what, Michael? How about let's take a quick let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just stay there. We'll be back. Very popular, amazing 
uh, actress, Dakore Edwusa, uh, and all the other amazing speakers at this event. And yes, I've got five great passes. I've been giving five VIP passes. So, hey guys, if you want one, don't forget that you can be part of this conversation and you will get one. And I also have great giveaways worth a lot of money. But guys, we'll be talking very soon. Uh, but just before, uh, you know, I'm giving out some gifts, uh, how about I get back to my very special guest, Mike? Hi, Mike. Welcome back. Uh, this is so wonderful to talk to you, Alex. And, I, and by the way, I love your laugh. It's like a mountain stream <laughs> and a bubbling brook. Oh my God! You know, people would people used to make fun of my laughter, like you know. So I'm super well. Well, thank you so much, Mike. You flatter me. You no, your your laugh your God. laughter comes from your soul. It comes from your soul. It is so real. Oh, Mike, thank you so much, and welcome back um, to the show. Well, just before we went um, on that break, um, you did share with me just how you met someone who pretty much was um, a blessing and had, you know, just um, influence, you know, started this whole open this Pandora box that has become what is now your very amazing life. But let me ask you this. Going out there um, and living on that island, what was the first challenge you experienced out there? What was the first thing that, you know, you Well, you know, if we have nine lives like a cat, I only have about one and a half left. Because Alaska, <laughs> for anybody that's taken a cruise up there or visited Alaska, it is one of the most beautiful, drop-dead gorgeous places on Earth. But mm. it'll seduce you with beauty and if you're not prepared, it will try to kill you in the mm. next moment because it's very, very dangerous. Wow. If you fall into the ocean, you have 10 to 20 minutes to live. That's how cold just the water is itself. And the air has no particles or pollution. The air is so crystal clear that so many people misjudge mm. distance and they get lost or just float away because you go, okay, I have half a, uh, half a tank of gas in my outboard engine in my boat. I can make it over there to shore mm -hmm. and you get about halfway mm -hmm. and there goes your gas and you're swept away out to sea. So I tell everybody mm -hmm. the place is so big. It's so overwhelming. It's off the chart of normal scale of what we're used to seeing in a city. You know, you have 15,000 foot mountains three miles going straight up in the air above the ocean. It's so big and the air is so clear. I tell everybody to double or triple the distance you think it is because it tricks your eye that way all the time. So every day it was a near-death experience. And the worst part of it, but it was also the best part of it, is when I went to live on this island, I was an author in search to write his first book. And I saw all the dimensions up there. And I said, this is it. This is what I can write with my heart and not just my head. But before I went there, I had only been camping three times in my life. And there was always a telephone nearby to call mom if you got in trouble. So I had, I had no experience. I had nothing on my resume. <clears throat> I was 40,000 leagues in over the, my head. And unlike the TV show Survivor, there was nobody else on that island to vote you off and send you home. And my father, wow. again, he didn't, my dad didn't speak to me for months when I gave up the football scholarship and I went to Europe. He thought I was going to turn into a bum. Now I quit my job <laughs> as a journalist to go live on an island 
and he just he couldn't understand that because our parents want you know us to be comfortable and have financial security. But the problem I had sure. the most, and no matter what stage we are in life, we want our parents' approval. And I had it from sure. neither one because I, the worst problem I had is my mother. I don't have a mother. I have a smother. And she's Italian, <laughs> and Italian mothers, oh, my God, Michael, don't live. You might die. You know, and she had been Catholic. Italian, she has all these superstitions and visions, and she's saying, oh, my God, my eye's twitching. It means death. I had a dream that a bear was eating you. Thank you for your support. You know? So I I went there, and I was going to stay two weeks. I ended up staying two years the first time, but I was there with my parents, not, you know, my dad not speaking to me, that wall of silence. My mother telling me, you know, her eyes twitching, I'm going to die every day, that kind of thing. But there was something in my heart that just said, you have to do this. Mm. This is going to accelerate your soul. Those two years, Alex, were like 200 years. Because not every day, but every minute was growth. And, you know, there's a very famous psychologist named William James. And I was reading his book. One night, surrounded by the kerosene lamps, there was no electricity in that little cabin. And one sentence came off that page like it was in Braille or boldface. And William James wrote that we as human beings, we lead lives inferior to ourselves. We only live a tiny part of the colossal life and potential that we've been given. Einstein said we only operate on about 4% of our brain power. You know, every once in a while in suburbia, in the U.S., in a newspaper, it actually could happen anywhere in the world. You read about a mom in a car backing her car down the driveway. Out of her sight line is one of her Mm -hmm. children playing. She runs over her child Mm -hmm. with a car. Then in a panic, 5'2", 100 pounds, she bursts out of the car. This tiny, petite woman grabs the back bumper and lifts a ton of steel up into the air to Mm -hmm. save her flesh blood. So when I read that, I said, this is the territory I want to explore. We're not, we're not doing enough with ourselves. You know, I, I want to just, I want to go into that uh, unused 96% of my brain. And I want to tap the unlimited potential that we all have. So that's what that island provided. It was sort of a proving ground. And... I learned that you don't do it by fighting or with resistance, but you grow mm-hmm. when you get in that state of love and harmony. That's when it, it really happens. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, every morning, this is what's so great about nature. Every morning I would wake up and you sleep in a little loft at the top of the cabin because you catch all the heat from your wood stove. It rises up to the ceiling. And every morning I would wake mm-hmm. up breathing slow and deep, and the wind in the trees, the whales breathing in the bay, it was all one breath. It's like the whole world up there was breathing together. And, you know, unlike multitasking, we're so busy right now, especially with computers and smartphones. Our attention span is so chopped up into 64 pieces a second. Up there, you do one thing at a time. And musicians call it playing the center of the note. 
you're right there in the middle of each breath, each experience. It slows you down. The stress leaves your body. You almost feel this psychic connection, you know, with with nature, with the native people, with the wildlife around you. It is. It was just so wonderful to be back in that world that we all came from. Because it wasn't long ago, you know, that we were all hunter-gatherers. And that's where our best um, qualities as human beings developed, not in cities. I mean, if you, if you believe in evolution, man's been on Earth about 2 million years, it's only about the last 10 seconds that we actually moved into urban areas. So we developed our best qualities, an aesthetic appreciation of beauty, our sense of community, even the emotion of love. That all came to us and developed surrounded by nature. So in a sense, it was like returning home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, Michael, and this is just, you know, just so you know that you're not alone. Um, you know, I know what you mean when you talk about your mom and you say you have a smother because I kind of <laughs> think I have one too. You know, you know, you know it's funny because Italian moms are maybe, maybe pretty much almost like African moms, you know, how my mom is that way too. You know, she's worried about everything and concerned, and she can be superstitious too. So um, I can truly understand how, you know, sometimes we want to do something and we don't have the support of those because people think. And I think it might have a lot to do with fear. But just before we take a quick musical break, let me ask you this, though. Um, you sound like someone who has conquered his fear. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, I was going to ask you, do you get afraid? Do you still feel fear? And what is uh, your strategy totally. for dealing with But, you know, that there's a great okay. saying that courage is a form of fear mm-hmm. turned turned around. Mm-hmm. And mm. I, you know, sure. I don't feel so fearful in the civilized world. But, you know, in mm-hmm. nature where if you do make one slip, you can die, especially in Alaska. But I was using mm-hmm. my fear sort of like shoveling coal into the furnace. You know, I was using that to mm-hmm. fuel my courage. And um, But when I got in that state of love and harmony, I felt protected as well. Mm. You know, not that, I could, uh, mm. not that I could do anything foolish, but it's almost like you become schizophrenic in a good way. Like there's you in the present <laughs> moment, and then there's a guardian you. It's a split second ahead of mm. you, warning you mm-hmm. of imminent danger. It's very hard to explain. But it's like your energy field expands beyond your skin, and you almost have a radar that's projected outward to warn you, hey, you better not do that or be careful with that axe or don't go out there because of the weather or something, you know, things like that. But there's so much unused potential, never tested and never used. In our push-button society, we sit on the couch or, you know, we tap, tap, tap on a phone. But when you get out there, all of your senses just come alive again. You become like a good animal, you know, and and you become very instinctual. You tap into this knowledge that we all, Emerson called it the oversoul, that we all have. It's almost in our DNA encoded what Neanderthals learned. Somehow we have a little bit of their knowledge in us without having actually been there ourselves. And I was tapping into that on a daily basis. Wow, amazing. And um, your friend's been leaving a message in the chat room. He's saying that 
you have been a major influence in his past in life and that you're a very genuine, very real person. Um, oh, so he oh. left that message for you. <laughs> okay, um, and um, I do have more messages. But you know what, uh, Michael? How about we take, let's take a quick musical break. I feel like we need some music. Well, now, um, this is Leaving Like You Do by uh, Romeo Crow. Romeo is a British rock singer. And Romeo was a guest on this show. Uh, he was a guest on my show last year in July. And he was also part of our first anniversary celebration. So um, this is Leaving Like You Do by Romeo Crow. Enjoy. We'll be back. I've been worrying about you. You don't seem to face the truth. And it just seems to come through. You never
that was Leaving Like You Do by a British rock singer, Romeo Crow, and that was totally amazing. You know, that, those guitar, oh, God, the strings, uh, they kind of, like, really, really get me going. Hey, guys, welcome back to The Naked Talk with Alex Gorgi. And, yes, I'm still chatting with my very special guest live all the way from South Florida, um, USA, Michael Mozaleski, and he's been such an amazing well, you know, he's been, he's been, you know, he's shared quite, you know, big wealth of wisdom right here on the show. And I've just been listening and just learning so much, um, you know, so much from him, really. Now, guys, don't forget, you can be part of this conversation. I received a couple of emails, um, sorry, messages um, via WhatsApp. Don't forget that you can either call into the show using the live Skype button for free, just click on the Skype button and you'll be connected to the live show um, if you want to make a contribution. Or if you want to call in, use the calling number on your screen. Or use the in-studio chat room or tweet at Alex Security with your thoughts or your contributions or send me a message via WhatsApp. And, of course, your messages will be read right here on the show. So, yes, this is still the Naked Talk, and we've been talking how to survive and thrive, you know, in challenging situations. And, of course, my very special guest has been sharing so much about his journey, you know, in the wilderness and just how, how much he's grown and, you know, what he's learned and, you know, all the amazing life lessons. But um, hi, Michael. Hi. Welcome back. Uh, thank you, Alex. It's so wonderful to talk on such a, a deep level rather than just the superficial stuff. This is wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much, and I am very honored to have you here on the show. And just, you know, just to have you share all of the amazing thoughts that you have and experience, um, I know that lots of people are definitely going to be empowered, you know, by the conversation that we're having today. And, you know, just to take a little bit from your wealth of knowledge, I think that would be really awesome for them. So, uh, you know, we're back, and I know that you're an author, and you are the author of four amazing books. Um, you know, let's talk now about your um, recent work. Um, I think it's Wildlife, if I'm correct. Your recent work, what exactly, your, your latest book. Um, do you want to take us a little bit, tell us a little bit about that book and, you know, just how, um, you know, you got to write it and what it's all about? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I went to this island to write my first book, which I was very lucky mm-hmm. because I didn't know the process that a writer needs an agent mm-hmm. to get over the castle wall mm-hmm. of publishing, that you don't just write mm-hmm. a book and send it to a publisher because publishers have what they call a slush pile of unsolicited manuscripts mm-hmm. that very rarely get considered or read. But I didn't mm-hmm. know any better. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. And out of that slush <laughs> pile, which is probably as big as Mount Everest, that you know HarperCollins and Double Bay and Viking and all the big publishing houses mm-hmm. – um, an editor was having lunch one day, and he saw he was Polish of you know nationality, and he saw this long Polish name mm-hmm. sticking out of the bottom of the mountain of unsolicited manuscripts. <laughs> he tugged it out. He said, uh, "Well, I'm eating my sandwich for ten minutes. I'll just give it a quick read." And I was so lucky. My mm-hmm. first book was published by Harper Collins, which is you know one of the biggest publishers mm-hmm. in the world. And sure. a long story short. Helen Gurley Brown took a little magazine that was called Cosmopolitan, and it was going bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And I guess this was about 30, 40 years ago. And under her tutelage and editorship, she put that magazine into 100 countries around the world, 
translated into 87 languages. It's still to this day the mm-hmm. number one selling woman's magazine in the world. And every month they have a single mm-hmm. guy in there, a bachelor a month that women can write to from 100 countries mm-hmm. and in 87 languages. So here I am on the island. And the worst part of the experience, the totally worst part, was the loneliness. And, you know, it wasn't loneliness out of depression or despair. It was loneliness out of joy because every day something so beautiful would happen that you wanted to wrap your arms around another human being to share it, you know, Mm -hmm. preferably female in my case, you know. Mm -hmm. And, like, the northern lights would storm around the cabin. Iridescent colors would dance in the sky, and the wolves that lived on the island would come out on the beach and howl as if the earth was Mm -hmm. serenading the sky, you know. And, I mean, I was so lonely at moments like that. I was in my kayak, and a killer whale would jump 20 feet up into the air, full body length, like inches in front of your boat, almost over top of you. And it, it happened so fast, it was as if it was in slow motion. Your brain just slowed it down to enjoy the beauty. I mean, so many things, you know. You could write a book about it, and I did, to, to fill up with the magic. So I had no dates, no female human beings. In fact, there's a joke in Alaska, the ratio of males to females is 10 to 1. 10 males for every one female. And the women that live up there have a saying that the odds are good, but the goods are odd. <laughs> you have all these lone males that are talking to themselves and antisocial and, you know. So here I am, and I'm one of those odd goods, and I'm howling at that moon like I'm so lonely for female companionship. So this is my life. People ask me, what's your greatest strength and greatest weakness? I say it's one word. I'm an extremist. It's like I hardly ever take the middle road, you know. So I have no dates for two years. Helen Gurley Brown sees the picture on my first book in New York City because that's where the publisher is. She and my editor and publicist hatched this plan I don't even know is happening, that when I come back to Mm -hmm. do publicity for the book, Leaving the Wilderness, I'm Mr. November. I'm one of their bachelors. There's 5,000 letters from around the world waiting. So I went from famine to feast, no dates to every man's fantasy. So my literary agent at the time, Michael Larson, my literary agent then, he said, dude, Sigmund Freud once asked what the women really want. You've got a shot at finding out. You've got to take notes on every date. And he said, why don't you study these women like you studied the wildlife in Alaska? Use the scientific method. Don't let your emotions be involved. Well, of course, that went out the window on the first date, you know. (laughs) <laughs> but, that, you know, I love books that have a double meaning, like Inside Passive, my first book, mm-hmm. means the, the name of a geographic place, but it's also the passage mm-hmm. inside your soul, how you change. Well, the latest sure. book is called mm-hmm. Wild Life, two separate wild words, meaning the, life, mm. meaning the life is wild, but also studying mm-hmm. women as if they're wildlife, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's how my life is so live vida loca. I go from no dates, total loneliness in the wilderness, come back to civilization, and there's like the master of the universe said, hey, kid, walk into the candy shop. The lids are off all the jars. Help yourself to as many flavors and colors for as long as you want. I mean, I must have been a celibate <laughs> priest in my last life, and my karma wheel turned all the way around to reward me or something. I don't know, you know? 
some of the Very dates true. early on weren't in the divine state yet. You know, they were pretty wild and awesome. You know? <laughs> I know that. <laughs> and I was going to ask you this, though. I mean, just before all of that, and, you know, you coming out of the wilderness and all that fame, instant fame, and women writing to you, before that, were you struggling to, just before all of, you know, you getting into the wilderness and all that, were you, was there a time that you were struggling with getting women or love, you know, was there a time? Did you feel like you had to struggle to find, um, to get, a, you know, to get women, really, just before all Well, you know what? I, I, I did okay, and, you know, I was president of my mm-hmm. class in high school and voted most popular, okay. and I never understood why, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I always had, like, girlfriends. But one of my biggest fears mm-hmm. in life was females. They terrified me mm-hmm. because they were so mysterious oh, wow. and so capricious, the way they mm-hmm. would change their mood so quickly mm-hmm. and you figure them out and so what you talked earlier about mm-hmm. fear that plays a big part mm-hmm. in the latest book and this happened for sure mm-hmm. I didn't want to do the Cosmo thing because I wanted to be taken mm-hmm. seriously as a writer and Cosmo mentioned the title of my mm-hmm. first book and I wanted to be taken serious as a biologist and environmentalist and I thought mm-hmm. Cosmopolitan was sort of frivolous and, and all of that mm-hmm. but I had to get over my fear and my mm-hmm. my male friends helped me because all my buddies mm-hmm. had a mission control. There was one room in a house. <laughs> one guy answered the telephone. <laughs> Another buddy took all the faxes. Somebody else answered the door every day with gifts of flowers and <laughs> male silk underwear. And, I mean, you know, and somebody else put all the naked pictures up on the wall, and they actually assigned my dates. They went through all the mail and said, okay, you're going on this date, number one, because it was too overwhelming. And here I am. I can't even talk because I had been isolated for so long, you know, and I couldn't walk. Because when you're in the wilderness and you're on those trails, pine needles have fallen to the ground over thousands of years, and those trails are so soft, it's like walking on a trampoline. When I came back to civilization and tried to walk on concrete or cement, my legs wouldn't work. So I had to re-socialize myself just to to modern life again without a tsunami of letters from women coming every day, you know. So I had to get over that fear, and uh, that was the hardest part. But you know what? Okay, you know what? Okay. There was a pot of Mm -hmm. gold at the end of this rainbow, something I didn't want to do, and I'm learning in life, watch opportunity. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when you think it's silly mm-hmm. or frivolous, you have to go down that path. Mm-hmm. Because it mm-hmm. brought me a life partner. I actually found my wife mm-hmm. by dating about down through three mailbags over a few years. Wow. And I actually found a life partner that I've been with now. And, you know, what wow. a blessing that was. Well, and you know, I, I was going to ask you about that, but how about let's just take another let's take another break. Uh, let's take one more musical break, and we'll be back. Now, this is like we do by Peter Kelly, and Peter Kelly was a guest on this show sometime in August, and he was also part of our first anniversary special. Um, so this is like we do by Peter Kelly. We'll be back. Enjoy. We just victims of right place and time 
Yeah, <laughs> like we do. Well, this is still the Naked Talk with Alex Okorosi. And, yes, it is the hop for real, authentic conversations. And, yes, we do not apologize to what we think and how we're feeling. And, yes, I've been having such a great, awesome time with my very special guest, Michael Modaleski. And, yes, it's been a really illuminating conversation. There's been so much to learn. Now, if you know anyone who misses Conversation Live, don't forget that they can still catch the archived conversation. Yes, you, you know, you can still catch the conversation here and listen to the archived show, you know, just right after we're done. And don't forget to leave your reviews and send a message. Yes, yeah, send me an email. I want to know what you guys think about today's conversation and what you think about, you know, just my amazing guest and all that he shared on the show. Um, but I also got messages from quite a number of people uh, for Mike, and I will, you know, read them out just uh, for that book. Mike, welcome back, Mike. Hi. Hi. Hi, Alex. Michael. I love. Hey, by the way, I love the music you play. It's so positive and uplifting. You like it, right? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm rocking dancing. around. I think, I think... I'm on my feet dancing to the music. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I can't imagine. Oh, well, um, you know, uh, Michael, and, uh, you know, we were talking about um, just you, um, something good, sorry, coming out of, you know, that particular experience with all the love letters and all the women writing to you, um, and you found love, right? You found your life partner. Uh, but let me ask you this, and this, I know that, I, you know, just trying to zoom, um, I know it could get really confusing. I mean, having all these different letters, different people, amazing women, some, maybe some not, uh, but how difficult or how easy was it to spot her? Like, how was, how easy was it for you to find this person or, or how difficult was it really for you to realize, oh, this might be the person or this might be the one, really? Well, you know, I was very fortunate to be on uh, Oprah Winfrey's talk show uh, twice. And the mm-hmm. first time was about the Cosmo mm-hmm. experience. And Oprah asked this mm-hmm. very question that you're asking. And in Oprah's inimitable way, and you know what's so amazing is you're going out live to 400 million people around the world. And it's funny. I wear my Oprah Winfrey hat on safari in Africa. And I have Maasai tribesmen <laughs> come out of the bush shaking their spears going, Oprah, Oprah. I mean, she's probably the, one of the most famous people, you know, ever in history, you know. I mean, even in, you know, in the bush of Africa, Oprah Winfrey is like, you know, a sister to, to people. And, but Oprah asks, Michael, you get 5,000 letters from women around the world. How'd you pick Tala? And you know what's amazing? This fairy tale is no longer read to girls because Paula's letter jumped out of the pile because it was so different. And there's this fairy tale called Rapunzel, and it's about a woman being helpless in a tower, waiting for a man to come by and rescue her, give her a life. And a lot of that mail from small-town America or other parts of the world was, oh, we see you with your sled dog in the snow. Can you come and whisk me away and, and take me to excitement and adventure? But Paula's letter came, and there were no naked pictures. There was no, you know, happy ending after first date, any of that crazy stuff. It was basically a resume of all of her success in life. And in between the words, she was saying to me, hey, buddy, I really don't need you. I have my own money. (laughs) I have my own success. But 
if you want strength meeting strength, call me up. And, you know, a lot of a lot of men want to dominate a woman. And my father always told me, if you want to learn how to play tennis, don't play with somebody that you beat all the time. Play with somebody that runs mm-hmm. your butt all over that court, and you'll become a better player. And Paula was intimidating. She was a playboy bunny. She lived at the mansion in her 20s. She was a, you know, went to seven chef schools, cooked on corporate yachts, flight attendant the year. Everything she did, she took to the max with great success. And, you know, I just hope that Rapunzel myth of being helpless girls, I think that's vanishing with every passing day, I hope. You know, so Paula's uh, letter was just so different, and that difference is really what what came out after me, you know, was that, uh, hey, strength meaning strength rather than a dominance thing. Wow. And, 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 you know, it's really amazing to know that you were attracted to the fact that she is a strong, independent, independent woman. If I, if I, if I will put that correctly, because for a lot of men, um, they like you say, you know, some, and there are this, there are this thoughts that go back and forth, whether men aren't intimidated by strong, or what kind of men, sorry, are intimidated by strong women. So here you are. There are lots of women who are saying, "Hey, come save me!" You know, I would be happy by your side. I need you to do this. I need you, and I need you. And there's this one person who's saying, hey, this is me, right? You know, if you're not, you know, I don't really need you, but hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm accomplished. And if you don't mind that, then we can get together if that's, you know, you know. but here's the thing. Let me ask you this. Um, and, and what would you say now? You have, you're become, you have successful books that have been very, very well. Um, you know, you've gotten, you've gotten the love of your life. Uh, you have experienced quite a lot, and you're still experiencing so much more. But what would you say is probably the biggest accomplishment that you have made so far in your life? I'm of all the crazy adventures and, you know, financial success mm-hmm. or material success, mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. growing that daily love with Paula. And, you know, I never thought mm-hmm. that – you could be in love with somebody and have it get better every single day to the point where there's no ceiling, there's no limit. You don't get to a point and go, well, we've plateaued, we can't go much further. Mm -hmm. I'm just amazed because each one of us is a universe unto ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, as vast as those stars that you look at at night, our soul is that big and deep. So to explore that with another human being, and a lot of men especially ask me, okay, how do you know when you're really in love? And, you know, we've all heard this saying Mm -hmm. before. It's sort of a cliche, but, Alex, it is so true, at least for me. You know you're in love when the other person's happiness is essential to your own. And when you have both Mm -hmm. people thinking that way, and my dad used to tell me Mm -hmm. when you go to pick up a girl on a date, And being a gentleman, you open the car door for her to get in. And you walk around the back of the car. And if she reaches over inside the car and flips your door open, (laughs) then she's a keeper because you're thinking of her and she's thinking of you. And when you have that circle, when it's not in balance with one person taking too much, but you're both faucets. Now, I say there's two types of people. There's faucets and there's drains. 
And when you've got two faucets together, you have two generators. My God, the sky mm-hmm. is the limit. Wow. You know, you just said something that totally just caught my attention. And let me ask you this, Joe. Um, do you feel like, you know, um, this experience and, and what you're feeling every day growing that love with Paula has so much to do with the amount of growth that you've experienced with the life that you're leading now as a naturalist. I'm just saying, do you think that maybe if you didn't have this experience, maybe you may not, you know, be able to um, appreciate really the love and the relationship that you have right now. So do you feel it has, there is any correlation with what, you know, your, the beautiful experience that you're experiencing now in your relationship with the experience that you've had in the wilderness and just living alone and, you know, experiencing nature and life. Wow, you are so wise because being alone on that island for those two years, and I wish everybody could have a time out because life comes at us so fast, the mortgage, the kids, the bills, Mm -hmm. the expenses. Mm -hmm. I wish everybody could take that Mm -hmm. time out. It doesn't have to be two years. It could be two weeks, you know, just a time period Mm -hmm. because we can't love anybody outside of ourselves unless we first Mm -hmm. have the love and the knowledge inside. And Socrates, the Greek Mm -hmm. philosopher, nailed it. And in three words, he said, or two words, rather, know thyself. And, Alex, Mm -hmm. I am so convinced of this. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens to us by accident. Mm -hmm. We direct our movie called Life, and we do it from the inside out. And I really believe that our minds are magnets, and we attract not what we want, we attract what we are internally, spiritually. The levels of growth that we are at at this moment mirror back to us in the physical world. It all happens from the inside out, and especially with, with a partner. You know, we kind of get what we deserve. And if we don't know ourselves, if we don't know what we want, if we don't grow that soul and work on ourselves internally, then it's going to be manifested back to us in the physical world. Mm-hmm. And those two years on that island, oh, my God, it was like getting your Ph.D. in self-knowledge, not mm-hmm. only, you know, surviving, mm-hmm. but having time to think and breathe and, and harmonize with the world. And, and I think that it's so important is that, though, that, you know, the space between our ears is going to be the new frontier. We're going to make so many discoveries of, you know, what we can do with our minds going forward. And, you know, it is electromagnetic. There's electric impulses that are fired in our hearts and also in our brains. And thoughts are things, and they attract good or bad. And, I mean, it's been proven over and over. If you're a positive person, you stay healthy. But if you're a negative person, you can actually bring illness into your body just with negative thought and energy, you know. Sure. Very, very true, very true. Uh, but you know what, Michael? I have two messages for you uh, from two of our listeners. And this one is coming from Abiola. Abiola just uh, sent me a message, and Abiola is saying, um, Hi, Michael. It's really nice to meet you and hear about your very interesting life story. Um, I need to ask you this, though. What would you say is the biggest challenge that you have experienced to date? And how did you manage it? 
the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest challenge, and this is what I learned from the Native people in Alaska and in mm-hmm. British Columbia, and they have a wonderful saying. It is very much like Zen Buddhism up there. And the natives say that when one becomes egoless, one then becomes everything. That when you can push your own ego aside, you don't end at your skin, but you radiate outward with compassion, kindness, and love into everything. And there's no separation between what nature is and what we are. So I think it's just realizing that whatever success comes in life has very little to do with mm-hmm. me with a capital, you know, M E that I'm, I'm just a channel. <laughs> and I experience this when I speak on a cruise ship for five months with princess cruises. It's such a wonderful gig because people come from 30 countries around the world every single week mm-hmm. to take that cruise to Alaska and all 50 States in the U S. And when I walk out on that stage, You know, I don't know if you remember, there was an old cartoon on television, and I had actually was in New York City at the uh, Museum of of Television and Motion Pictures, and this cartoon was called The Roadrunner, and it was Mimi, it was this roadrunner bird, and he was being chased by a coyote, and the coyote's name was Wiley, (laughs) Wiley Coyote, and Wiley Coyote's one mission in life was to catch, and I guess, you know, kill or eat the roadrunner but he could never quite catch him. In one cartoon, I'm standing in this museum and I'm watching it. I'm saying, this is the key to life right here is the (laughs) roadrunner runs off a cliff and he falls down in the air, but he grabs a branch on the side of the cliff. And then the coyote, because he is so intent with his purpose, walks across the sky pursuing the the roadrunner. And then when he becomes self-conscious, he sinks like an anvil and falls. So I go, that's it. You've got to be a skywalker. You've got to lose the self in your purpose. You know, whether it's chasing a roadrunner, whether it's being a conduit to energy and love and nature and Alaska. So when I walk out on that stage, I, I have that image in my mind. And Michael disappears and the channel just opens for the energy to come pouring through. And my job is to keep the boulders out of the stream bed of ego and pride. And as long as it isn't me, it comes ripping through full force. So I think that's the biggest challenge is to not really believe that it's really you, that you're sort of a conduit of the universe in that state of love. Oh, wow. So, um, Abiola, I hope that your uh, question was answered. Now, I have one more question, and this is coming from Mary. Now, Mary says I should ask you um, this. Hi, Michael. It's great listening to you, and, you know, and well done. Great job on all your many accomplishments. I'd like to ask you this, though, and because I have no idea what um, the Alaska wilderness is really like. What could you say is probably one dangerous um, experience that you had, maybe with an animal or something or the water? Or, um, did you have any dangerous experience? Um, just can you share that with us, really? Well, you know, I mentioned that we have nine lives and I have about one and a half left. Well, I definitely <laughs> gave up one. 
<clears throat> the grizzly bears in British Columbia and Alaska can be nine feet tall, mm-hmm. and they can weigh over a thousand mm-hmm. pounds. And yet, an animal mm-hmm. that is that wow. big, they can run fifty yards in three seconds. There is not a human being, no not Hussein, Hussein Bolt from Jamaica, that runs, you know, the gold medal hundred yard dash. He, yes. a bear, would outrun him. So how could an animal that be that big and strong, but yet be that fast? Mm-hmm. And they will attack human mm. beings under two conditions. If there's a mother with cubs, mm-hmm. the maternal instinct kicks in, mm-hmm. and, you know, she will take out a human being, thinking you're trying to harm her children. The other condition that they'll attack is if you suddenly surprise them. So one day, and I should have known better because I tell everybody what to do, when you're out walking in the bush, it was in August when all the salmon are running in Alaska, and the salmon return home to the very stream they were born in. So you have hundreds of thousands of fish piling into these creeks and streams. You can almost walk across their backs from one side of the creek to the other. That's how thick it is with fish. And the bears are out there just pigging out. They're getting all that protein and fat to last them the winter hibernation. And the water was so loud, I wasn't talking out loud or going, hey, bear, or making noise. Because if you let the bear know that you're on the same trail that the bear might be on, then you give it advance notice, and it'll, it will step off into the woods. So here I come mm-hmm. silent around this big boulder, and I made a 90-degree turn around this rock, and I should have been talking or hay bearing or... I came around the side of the boulder, and he was a big bear. It looked like a tank with fur. Coming down the trail, we both slammed on the brakes, and we were about five feet from each other. And, you know, Alex, whether you have a kitty cat or a dog at home, any animal, when they put their ear flat against their head, that means they're coming at you. And what a grizzly bear mm-hmm. does is it clacks its jaws, and what it does what we call a cowboy walk. It puts its front legs real stiff and bow-legged, and it starts to charge at you. But I have a Native elder woman. She's a Native uh, American, and months before this experience, we're sitting in her kitchen table drinking coffee. We were talking about bears, and I said, Lucy, what should I do if I ever get into a tax situation? And these people have so much wisdom. But I thought she was joking with me. And she said, Michael, what you should do is sing to the bear. They're not going to understand your words, of course, but the sudden melody of your song might calm them down and change their perspective. So you've got a split second to pull up a song from your internal hard drive inside your brain, your iTunes. You know, I was so fearful. My mouth, I had a cotton mouth. My mouth was so dry out of fear. And what song of all the songs that we hear, like in a day or in a year or 10 years, I pull out the song from a drunken karaoke night. And to my surprise, what warbled forth out of my mouth was a song from Neil Diamond, but it wasn't Sweet Caroline. And I sang to the bear, if you can call it that. You don't bring me flowers. You don't sing me love songs anymore. 
know that duet with Barbara Streisand and Hilda? The bear yes. crashed away in pain. He ran off. It was better than a gun. And I had to change my pants wow. afterwards. So that was probably the most the most dangerous situation. And you know what was funny is a couple of months later when I stopped shaking, I got Neil Diamond's email, his manager, and I wrote him a letter, an email, and I said, Dear Sir, your music saved my life. And I never heard back from him. <laughs> oh, my God. But why did you imagine? Why not oh Happy God. Birthday? Or why not the Bee Gees staying alive? Or Britney Spears, a piece of me? Or help from the Beatles? You know, hey, why you don't bring me flowers? That's crazy. The bear, the bear kind of had a guilty wow, look on his face. You know? But you know what's very strange is I have a dream now. You know, we were talking about the subconscious earlier. I have a dream now Mm -hmm. where the Mm -hmm. bear does attack. Mm. I come a split second sooner so that I run into the bear. There isn't five yards between us. We run into each other. He's got blood red embers for eyes. His his mouth is about to bite my neck. But I look into his eyes and I I beam Mm. tidal wave of love from my heart. I just pour it all over him like syrup or molasses. All the tension goes out of his body. We're hugging each other and we dance this Polish polka through the woods. Isn't that weird? How the power of love (laughs) even transforms that death moment. You know? I mean, Mm. if only reality could be like that dream. So in other words, danger and death it's just transformed in a split second by love. Like, okay, you can tear my head mm-hmm. off, I don't care, but I'm just going to love you right now as as I leave in my last mm-hmm. breath. And if that flips the switch and we dance this crazy polka together through the woods. <laughs> but that's the power of love. Oh, wow. I mean, maybe it only works in a dream, but that's what my whole life is about, you know, is to love. And one time I was on the cruise ship and a psychiatrist came up to me after one of my programs. And she's, like, you know, really famous in New York City, and she analyzes politicians and A-list actors. And she said, hey, buy me a glass of wine later tonight, and I will explain you to yourself. I mean, who's going to give that up? And it didn't cost me 500 bucks an hour. It cost me 10 bucks for a glass of wine, you know. And she said, Michael, I have never seen such naked passion. When you walked out on that stage, if you took all your clothes off, you wouldn't be as naked as your your name of your show, Naked Talk, you wouldn't be as naked mm-hmm. as you were with us. You just opened up your heart, and you just let it rip. And she said, what's your first memory? Mm-hmm. The first thing you remember as a human being or as a boy, what's that first thing that you remember in your conscious mind? And I said, it's being in suburban Cleveland. There's a party in the backyard. I think it's family members. I'm two years old. And, you know, when a child is naked, it's in a state of innocence, or it better be, you know. Mm-hmm. But when a child is that young, they run around naked, and it isn't sexual. It, it certainly shouldn't be, because mm-hmm. to me that's the worst crime. But I'm in that state of innocence, mm-hmm. and I'm naked, and I'm running around hugging everybody, just just loving mm-hmm. the world. And she said, you know what, you're one of the most sane, healthy happiest people because you are doing right now as a grown-ass man and as an adult what you were doing when you were two years old 
because you came out on that stage mm-hmm. naked, and you didn't have to take your clothes off to be that naked. Mm-hmm. Wow. True. Very true. So Very that's what true. we all need to do, you know, like, run around naked and hug each other and keep that love going and that vibe and, you know, whether we're black, blue, green, I mean, I do not care. I don't want to live surrounded mm-hmm. by one color. I want the rainbow. Mm-hmm. That's why I love going to Africa because I love the music. I love the masks. I love the art. I love the vitality and, and the joy mm-hmm. and the depth, the juiciness and, and the dancing and the, and the love of life. You know, that a lot of white people are afraid, you know, to let that passion and let it out. So that's, I think, what, what I'm yeah. all about is, is just running around hugging people naked, you know. Okay, you know, Michael, I know that we'll have to let you go soon, and I don't want to let you go. But, uh, you know, just before we take one last question, um, you know what, how about let's just take a, this, let's take a quick song. Now, this is My Love by Ashunye. She's a Nigerian singer, songwriter, actress, and uh, award-winning producer. And uh, this is My Love by Ashunye. Enjoy. We'll be back.
Yes, and that was My Love by actress, singer, and songwriter Asherine, My Love. And, oh, that was, oh, God. Well, uh, it's been such an amazing talk Wednesday with my very special guest, uh, Michael Mozaleski, and I've had great fun. I've been cracking up laughing, giggling, but still learning so much from, you know, our conversation, and I am very positive that, Today's conversation will definitely empower your mind if you've missed any show. This is the one show that everyone you know should listen to and catch up and learn so much about life and, you know, just his personal experience. Uh, yeah. But um, hi, Michael. Welcome back to The Naked Talk. Uh, I just thank you so much, Alex. Your, your show is just such a portal to the world bringing wisdom and enlightenment and so many wonderful guests and people. You're doing you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. I really feel that. Oh, thank you, Mike. Thank you so, so much. And you know what? Your friend has been here, and he said, oh, my God, he said something, um, you know, about your book, uh, Wildlife, and he says that Wildlife is a great book. Um, I was fortunate enough to be one of the first people to read it before it was published be a true story wow. makes it even more interesting. <laughs> okay, so um, that's the Sarah guy. And, you know, thank you so much. Um, you know, he's been here supporting you. And, you know, it's just giving me great thumbs up. And, you know, it's nice to have um, wonderful people who are to appreciate what we do. Um, and thank you so much, Sarah, for listening to the show. I'm definitely going to follow you back on Twitter right after I get off the show. But um, you know what? Let me ask you something, you know, just before I let you go. And I know that, you know, we have to run soon. But um, for the sake of those, you know, who are struggling to deal, you know, a lot of people are afraid of taking risks. And they're afraid of um, taking bold steps, really, and, and finding, you know, they find it very difficult to, you know, embrace courage and find the courage to, you know, just overcome challenging situations and all of that. Now, what would be the most important advice you would give to people um, who are struggling to deal deal with, you know, um, taking risks and who are trying to figure out how to survive and thrive, you know, in challenging situations? What would be the most important advice, you you know, you would give to anyone? Oh, I would say walk across the sky just like that coyote. And when you're doing it for the greater good, for the higher power, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's that saying, love what you mm-hmm. do and do what you love. Like if you're working a job that mm-hmm. maybe you don't particularly like, but there's a hobby mm-hmm. that you absolutely love, whether it's music or mm-hmm. a guy going into a shop mm-hmm. and building furniture or, mm-hmm. you know, gr- grow mm-hmm. that love, grow that hobby mm-hmm. into something that can, you know, be your livelihood. And, and as I mentioned before, when you follow your bliss, when you're in that state of your mm-hmm. own happiness and joy, it radiates outward, the doors of opportunity open, mm-hmm. and then you're fulfilling your true purpose here. Because everybody does have that gift, and you just have to find mm-hmm. it and then take it as far as you can. Mm, wow, wow, thank you so much That's you know, it's really, really great wisdom And I know that a lot of people who are trying to Sort of create a self, you know, actualize in life Will be able to, you know, feed from that From those great words of empowerment Now, um, Cesare does say, he says something He says, um, 
that I wouldn't be where I am now creatively if I if it wasn't for Mike's mentorship and friendship. I, wow. I owe him any support I can give in any form. Now, he taught me to value every minute of life and open my eyes to the simple things. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I mean, and it isn't me. It's just, you know, I'm trying to get out of the way and let the world come through. But you know what, Alex, and I know you do this, and I try to live every day as if it's my first and my last day on earth. Because it is a gift, you know, this gift called life, and, you know, we should just maximize it as much as we can. Very true. Um, And I agree with you 100%. Um, We really should maximize the gift of life. Um, It's You know, it's been really an amazing day, you know, just talking to you. And just before I let you go, though, your book. Um, where can people find your books? Where can they connect with you? You know, where's the best place? Where's the easiest way to reach you? Because I know that lots of people want to read wildlife. I want to read wildlife, and I'm going to go look for it after the show. So um, where can people find your book? Well, you know, my last name is sort of long and hard to spell. So if anybody has a computer or smartphone, they go on Amazon.com, and they mm-hmm. just type in wildlife, two separate words. Mm-hmm. It'll take and to my author page where all the books are listed, all my social media. And I love social media because today an author can communicate directly with his or her readers. It's a wonderful, uh, you know, uh, a portal to talk to people. Sure, very true. And you have an official website, I know. So um, people can go to your official website, right? Right. So once they go wildlife, two separate words, then they can see the spelling of my last name and actually click right on my website. And, you know, my whole life is sort of on there, pictures and climbing glaciers and turning my mother's hair white, you know. Oh, Michael, just tell me after you do these things. (laughs) You know what she said? She said, I worry worry from the womb to the tomb. (laughs) Oh, my God. <laughs> my poor mother. Oh, God. I'm sure, we, I'm sure we can't wait to meet your mom. But she must, you know, you know, jokes aside, she must be really proud of you because, I mean, you've accomplished so much. You know, look at how you, look, look at how you turned out. So she didn't really worry and about you. And you know what? Your, it was my I mean, mother that read me to sleep. She, she gave me my life to start mm-hmm. by reading to me when I was a little boy. She put that love of language and story into my ear, and that's you know what I'm doing today because of her. And and that's amazing because I know how important it is for us to you know read. A lot of people don't like to, but I know it's very important to read and you know gain quite a bit of knowledge. And you know it's been so amazing talking to you, Mike. Um, and I wanted to be sure that I got your last name correctly. Did I pronounce it correctly? Because I have a you, funny you pronou- You I pronounced did. it absolutely perfect. I mean, a lot of people, you know, oh, it's really? a hard name to say. Yeah, you said it, I mean, as good as can be, and I thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank goodness, because I was concerned, you know, like, oh, my God, did I get that correctly? I mean, I'm African, and I have, you know, an accent. So I just wanted to be sure that I got that correctly, at least good enough. <laughs> well, nah, it's been an it was... amazing. It's been so amazing having you here on the show. Thank you so much. 
uh, you know, Mike, oh, you know, um, so I guess Sarah has put your link on the, in the chat room. So he's left your link in the chat room so people can easily find your Amazon page. Um, so it's here in the chat room. Your friend, Cesara, has left your link in the chat room. So, guys, um, you can easily uh, – and, of course, we have your, your, your name linked as well. Your website link is right here on the show. So if you click, it will take you straight to Michael Modeleski's uh, uh, official website. And, of course, you can connect to his Amazon page and books and find out everything you need to learn more about him and connect with him on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, yes. And it's been such an amazing, amazing time having you here, Mike. And you know what, Mike? I would like for you to come back on the show again. I would love for you to come back. Oh, uh, I would love to, Alex. And one of these days we have to get you to do your show from the cruise ship in Alaska. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, yes. I would love that. Well, only if you're there because, I mean, I would, <laughs> I would totally scared, but only if you're there. And I would absolutely love that. Maybe I could invite you back to one of our roundtable conversations, and you can join other guests on the show. We get to do that a bit as well. So, but uh, I, I would, I would love to. You're, you're one of my uh, new favorite people on this earth. I really mean that. Oh, thank you so much, and I really love talking to you. Um, but it's been an amazing time. I want to let you go. I know we kept you. We've been talking for so long. Do you realize almost two hours? So it's been I can't an amazing. It. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, right? We've been talking for almost two hours. Like, yeah, for an hour, 45, yeah, minutes, pretty, 46 Incredible. minutes, an hour, 46 It's been that long. But yeah, but people don't realize it, <laughs> you know, when they're in the show. But it's well, you been, know what, you know what um, Alex, what I've learned is when you link up with okay. a kindred spirit, when you combine mm-hmm. spirits that are kindred, it destroys the mm-hmm. time-space continuum, and you literally live outside mm. of time which doesn't exist in the way uh-huh. that man thinks it exists to begin with, you know. So that oh, wow. hour and 25 oh, minutes wow. to me felt like 25 seconds. I mean, that's why I know that you're a kindred spirit because it dissolves time-space. And here you are across the world in Africa, and I'm here, the marvels of technology that we can be linked up and include people from around mm-hmm. the world. It's just marvelous, you know. Thank you so much. And I would stay in touch, Mike. I definitely want to stay in touch with you. And I know that lots of people are definitely going to be empowered by our very great conversation. So um, make sure to have a great day. Make sure to enjoy the rest of your day. I know it's still um, pretty daytime in South Florida where you are. It's nighttime right here in Nigeria. But uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Alex, from the bottom of my heart. I really mean it. This was uh, an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, guys, well, it's been a pretty interesting conversation with my very, very special guest. And, oh, my God, we had such a fantastic conversation. Now, if you know anyone who missed the show live, don't forget that you can still come back and listen to the archive show from start to finish. And there's so much to learn that will absolutely transform your life. Now, Michael is such an amazing, amazing person, and he's got words of wisdom, like, you know, and his experiences, oh, my goodness. You know, it is just really, really empowering to listen to all, you know, all that depth of knowledge and all that experience and, um, yes, and learn from his experience on how to, you know, survive 
and thrive in challenging situations. And what, what could be worse than living in the wilderness, you know, without um, family and comfort and all of that? And we get to, we get challenged every day, but one way or another. So um, maybe there are a couple of things that we can learn from, you know, this conversation, really. So, guys, don't forget to send me your messages. Let me know what you think about my awesome conversation with Michael Mozaleski live all the way from South Florida in the U.S. And, yes, I have great, amazing giveaways for you guys. Um, I do have five access cards to the Emotional Brand Masterclass for this weekend on Saturday 27th. Don't forget that you can get one of it if you send me your feedback. Let me know. Send your, you know, send your thoughts to thenakedtalk at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about Michael and, of course, our great conversation. And what did you learn? It's important. You know, I have to know. What did you learn? And don't forget that, yes, I also have $1,000 worth of access and, of course, great, amazing resources for you in my inner community. Don't forget that you can join Alex's blog community and become a VIP member for only $9.99. But here's the amazing part. I've got access for 20 amazing people. So, yes, all you have to do is send me an email. Send me an email. Send an email to thenakedtalk at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about the show and what you've learned and how it has empowered you to transform your life. So, till we come back, same time on Friday Radio Special, I had another interesting guest. Philip Galinsky is going to be live here with me on the show. And, oh, my goodness, we're going to have a great conversation. Philip seems like the guys have it this week, don't they? Well, till we come back, same time. On Friday Radio Special, expression is a sign of strength, no weakness. Don't forget about that. And don't apologize for who you are, how you feel, and what you think. So, till I talk to you again, same time on Friday, I love you for listening. Ciao. It's unscripted. Talk with Alex Okorochi.